Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. So, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Heath, uh, lead pastor here at Reach, and I'm going to continue. I said this last week, and maybe this is the theme that we're going to be in, um, is the force of discomfort over you guys. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but I, I think if we want more of Jesus and we want him to influence us and move in our life, there, there is going to be a level of discomfort. He said that if we're going to follow him, that we have to t- pick up our cross daily. Does that sound comfortable? Does that sound pleasant? No. Um, but it's what he's called us to. Um, so I have a question that I want to start with today. And you answer this internally, so if, you, if you've not been to Reach before, I ask questions, and you don't have to raise your hands or say anything out loud unless you want to. Um, but uh, the first question is, do you, or do we serve a God who answers prayers? Okay. Um, the answer is yes, just in case you're unsure of that. Um, so if the answer is yes, my next question for you, which is going to be uncomfortable and maybe a little painful is how is your prayer life? So if we have a God that answers prayers, and we believe that, we should, have pe- we should be people that have a great prayer life. Not perfect, but probably the majority of us in this room, and prayer is not my, uh, I, like I've never been the intercessor. Like prayers work. For me, I have to decide to do it, which I'm going to talk about today. Um, And I'm going to call you guys to this reality of deciding to pray. Because we do have a God that answers prayers. I think there's lots of reasons why we don't pray enough. Most of them, let's just be real honest, are weak. I'm too busy, it's my schedule, my kids, whatever. There's a root. But I believe that the root is this idea is that he doesn't answer my prayers. Is that it's a waste of time. And maybe there's things that you've prayed for for a while and he's not done what you wanted him to do. In which we're going to talk about that a little bit. I found this quote uh, uh, this week that I loved. It says, the greatest tragedy in life is that prayers go unanswered because they go unasked. You're like, why isn't, why isn't God doing this in our world? Why isn't God doing this in my kids? Why isn't God doing this in my life? My question is, how much of that are you asking God to do for you? Today, uh, I believe that God that we serve is a good God that loves to answer prayers. And we're going to talk about the discipline of keep asking If those in this room have children, do your children have a problem asking for something from you? Especially the young ones. Is there a filter? Is there a on or off button to the like incessant give me, give me, get? No, there isn't. There isn't. And here, here, I want to, I want to, because I want to convince you that we should ask like our children ask us, but I want you to understand the reality that if you're a good parent, you don't give your kid everything that they ask for. 
Okay? And if we serve a good God, a good God is not going to give you everything you ask for because, shocker, a lot of the things you ask for aren't good for you. A lot of the things you ask for aren't for now. And part of it is having the faith to continue to ask for it even when God does not show up and does not do the thing that you want him to do right now because you believe that what he is going to do for you is beneficial. Period. We do that with limited understanding. Like we think, oh, this isn't good. I'm not going to give this to my child. God does it in perfect holiness. And when he says no, and when he says, or he's slow in doing something, there is a reason for it. Period. What you do with today's message, and I believe this, could forever change your life and the future of God's people. Prayer is power. Prayer is work. And prayer is war. Let's pray. Jesus, I ask that right now that you would remove condemnation for everybody in this room that's thinking, man, I don't pray enough. I'm not good enough. You don't love me enough. And Lord, I pray that you would bring us to the baseline that you are a God that answers prayers, that you are a God that loves our imperfections, and you are a God that calls us to be perfected by you as we live in your grace. So Lord, I pray for the grace to begin to believe that you want to call us into a place of asking our good Father for the things that we need, to move in the things that we want to see happen in our world, to bring justice, to bring healing, to bring your righteousness to our life and those around us. So, Lord, would you move us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. So my intention is to use three different stories, or three, two par- uh, um, parables in the New Testament and one story um, in the Old Testament in First Kings to communicate, and this isn't the only three, but to communicate that you should ask and keep asking. The first one comes out of First Kings, um, chapter 18, and in, if you've not read this before, I recommend that you go back and read chapter 17, 18, and maybe 19, you get the, the story of Elijah, the J, the first one. Um, there is a season where you have a very unjust king, He's invited all of these wicked, evil people, these people that worship Baal, which they would literally sacrifice their children to. And there's not many of God's people left. And there's Elijah, and he challenges um, the, the prophets of Baal, 450 of them against a, a duel, a prayer duel. And so they provide a sacrifice, they, they, they prepare um, the cow, they build the the what's going to be the fire but they cannot put fire on it so the 450 prophets he was like y'all get started y'all get started y'all y'all you'll get started i'll just wait and he watches them and he mocks them because about lunchtime nothing's really happening he's like oh maybe, maybe your god is busy maybe he's in the bathroom 
Maybe there's whatever. Maybe he can't hear you because he's so far away. You got to go louder and cut yourself. And they're literally drawing blood, trying to get their God to answer. And later on in the day, Elijah's like, okay, he's done the same thing. He's prepared the sacrifice. And he tells people, pour some water on it. He created a little trench around it. And they pour three jugs of water on top of the fire. I'm not a campfire expert, but that's not a good idea. If you want a fire to burn, pouring jugs of water on top of it usually doesn't help. But he does that. And and so they had both said, we're going to pray. And the God that responds is the real God. And they're like, this sounds like a great idea. Those 450 prophets of Baal thought their God was going to whoop Elijah's God. And he waited and mocked them and waited and mocked them. And finally, later on in the day, he's like, all right. He stands up. He says one prayer. He's like, show them. And God sends a fire that consumes the sacrifice, burns up the wood, licks up the water. Till there's nothing. <laughs> this is the Bible, so I'm going to say it. And then they murder all 450 of those prophets. And for three years, it had not rained because God was speaking through this prophet. Three years, it had not rained, and he's getting ready to pray for it to rain because God has shown up, and he wants the people to know who he is. And this is where we pick up. Verse 41, chapter 18. says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Ahab's the uh, Ahab and Jezebel, they're king and queen, um, I don't know if you've heard the name Jezebel, but whew, interesting. Um, he tells Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of rushing rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down to the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now. Looked towards the sea, and he went and looked. He said, there's nothing. And he said, go again. And he did this seven times. He is on his face. He's not eating. He's not drinking. He's praying that God would do something that happened, happened, hasn't happened for three years. Could you imagine? Like, I feel like we pray one time and we're like, God didn't answer our prayers. He doesn't love me. This is Elijah. They just prayed a simple prayer and God consumed the sacrifice. And he's there praying for rain, which is a natural thing that normally happens. And the guy runs over there and he's like, there's nothing. He comes back and there's nothing. He sends him six more times, seven times. Go and look. Go and look. Can you imagine every time? Go and look. Could you imagine if he stopped at number six? It's like, well, I guess God's not going to show up. I guess God's not going to do it. Go again. And the seventh time he said, behold, a little cloud like the man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, imagine the faith, just this little, little cloud. Go and tell the king that it's coming. He says, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. Hasn't rained for three years And the rains are getting ready to come so much so that your chariot may be stopped because of it. Verse 45, it says, In 
And in a little while, the heavens grew black and the clouds and the wind. And there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord, listen to this. And I'm going to give you Heath's interpretation of this because it's just what I do. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he gathered up his garment. Tucked it into his belt. It didn't say that. Gathered up his garment and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jericho. So he's in his little, his horse cart chariot. And he, I know, I I, can't. And he tucks up his thing and he just runs and he outruns. It's like this was, this is where Flash came from. (laughs) Flash. Wasn't invented by whoever invented it. They read this in the Bible and they're like, that joker, Peter did the same thing. He outran John. But, you know. And he ran, but can you imagine? And you think in our day and age, we're like, well, you know, God, and there's so many against us. Like, I don't know if you understand what it was like in Elijah. He actually whined to God. I'm the only one left. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you're not. I got thousands that haven't bent the knee to Baal yet. They're here. God's people are waiting. Because I, I believe that all of those who are going to know his name and call on him, he's called us to begin the journey for them by what we speak and by what we live. They're ready. I, I think it's Paul in the New Testament. He says, for all of those who will believe. That's our city. Like, I, I want for you to capture for the next 30 days the reality that let's play, pray for something to change in our city. Every stinking day. In the new, or later on in the New Testament, it says, and Elijah was just like us, a man. And he prayed, and it rained when it hadn't rained for three years. God has miraculous things to be accomplished in you who are just a man or woman. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be the pastor, senior, or otherwise. You just got to be somebody that's willing to trust a God that is big enough to do the things that we want to see happen. The next two are Jesus. Jesus teaches about prayer in the New Testament. And both of these that we're going to talk about are parables. They're stories that he gives us to illustrate his point after he talks about prayer. So in Luke 11, right before this, he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. The disciples are like, hey, teach us how to pray. John's disciples know how to pray. We want to know how to pray. And for all those that are like, you know, like... uh, Is prayer important? Jesus said to his disciples, and it was recorded so that we have it, and we have the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer was not just intended so we'd have something to recite at liturgical church services. It was a pattern that we should follow as we pray. So he gives them this, that we should pray. They said, how should we pray? He gives them the Lord's Prayer, and then he tells them this parable, which we're getting ready to read, about praying. Listen to this. Um, chapter 11, starting in verse 5. And he said to them, Which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. 
For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, not coming to the door. He has not left his bed. bed. These are small houses. So you can hear him knocking, and he's like, oh, no. He says, do not bother me. If you come to my house at midnight asking for bread, you're going to hear the same thing. Go to walk. Well, it's not even open 24 hours. I don't know what would be open at midnight, but like, sorry. And he gives him the reason. He says, the door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Leave me alone. It's bedtime. Verse 8. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. They're friends. Not so good of friends at midnight when you want bread. Yet because of his impotence, which is his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he asks. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you? If his son asks for fish, will instead give, instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? So, Jesus was asking his disciples, how do we pray? He tells them, he gives them a pattern for prayer, and then right after that, he says, keep praying. So when we hear ask, seek, knock, we think, hey, mom, will you give me this? It says ask and keep on asking. If you read it, that's what these words are saying. Knock and keep on that knocking. Seek and keep on seeking because it's the persistence. And let me just tell you, out of all of what I'm saying right now, none of this is, hear this, this is not what I'm saying to you. Keep asking, he'll give you whatever you want because that's not true. Because there's some things that you're asking for right now that you don't need. And it will do more damage to you. Because he just said that he's a good father. And that he will give you the good things that you need. Got to keep on asking. We cannot stop just because he isn't responsive. Look, look. I know our days and years feel long. But he's not slow in responding. He's not slow in doing anything. And the beauty of this is that he's prepared these things in advance for us to walk into them. Most of the things that you're going to commit to praying for, he's already laid a foundation for it. He's just been waiting for you to step into what he's already laid a path for. It's not even like you've got to create, you've got to pray hard enough. God, I believe, through prayer is only about aligning your heart to him. I think that's what prayer is for. Think about it this way. If you stop communicating to your spouse today, no words, how healthy will that relationship be? Poor. It will not be good at all. But we think that with God, we're like, we never talk to him. Sorry if you're like the prayer warrior in here. Most of us don't talk to them. And we're like, why? You know, what's going on? I don't feel connected. Like, I would say that about Jody. If Jody and I didn't talk at all, 
No, we lived in the same house and we were close to each other, but we never used word. We never shared our heart. We never asked and received anything from each other. Our relationship would be poor at best. And we think the same thing with God. Like, we don't spend any time conversating with Him because it shapes our heart. Because one, just like Hebrews says, we have to believe that God exists and that He rewards those who faithfully seek Him. We just... To actually use words to pray takes a measure of faith to believe that he's there and to believe that he wants to listen and that he wants to do things for you. Listen to this one. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. It says, And he told them a parable to the effect that you ought to always pray and not lose heart. He even tells you what the parable is going to be about. So that you don't get confused because it's a story. It says, I tell you. Uh, sorry, skipping ahead. Um, verse two. And he said it was a certain in a certain city where there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city that kept coming to him and saying, give me justice again against my adversary. Give me justice. For a while he refused But afterward, he said to himself, though I I neither fear God nor respect man. So he was not a good judge. For I neither fear God nor respect man. But yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Yes. Like here, I envision this little old lady, and then every day she comes in, and are you going to hear my case? And he's like, no, and I'm sure he thinks I'm powerful, bow to me. And he was like, every day, every day, asking the same thing over and over and over and over again. And he's like, whatever you want, I don't care, just take it. He says, I will give you justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Verse 6, it says, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, hear this. I highlighted this right over there just a second ago. Will he find faith on earth? There's a song that I've been listening to a lot lately, and one of the things it is like as there will be one day that we stand before Jesus. And he'll judge what we did and what we didn't do. Uh, not a ju- for believers, it won't be a judgment that will put us in hell, but it will be a judgment that we'll feel the weight of what we didn't do. And one of the things that the song says, it says that, you know, only thing I'm going to think about is I could have given more. And I don't mean money necessarily. I mean like to the kingdom, to the thing that matters. I think one day we're going to be faced before God and we're going to realize how much time we wasted on dumb things. And I think God's going to be like, there's so much that we have to accomplish. And the reason why I tell you that is not to guilt you. I tell you that right now so that right now you'll change 
so that you're later when you stand before him, it would be different than it is right now. Because many of us are going to be highly disappointed standing before God, our father, and realizing how much of this life was just about me. Realizing how much of this world was all about me. I want us to catch a vision for the reality that God doesn't call us for our selfish need and desire. He called us to a kingdom that is going to last forever. For a people that are going to populate that kingdom. And the people that are going to populate that kingdom partially are going to be through us who have prayed day in, day out for those that don't know God, for those that have spoke truth out of our life and with our mouth to those that are around us. And I want us, I want to get to that moment where I'm before Jesus and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what our heart longs for. If you pray long enough, you'll find out that prayer changes you more than it changes God. And what I would like to do, I'm starting something tomorrow. Um, and I, uh, there's a book um, called A Praying Life by uh, Paul Miller, I believe. Uh, best book on prayer. I mentioned it a couple, like a month ago, two months ago. Um, and one of the things that he has is he does prayer cards. He sets cards uh, with family members, with things that you want to see God intervene in or do. <clears throat> and um, for those that don't like paper prayer cards, he actually has an app. Uh, it's called Prayer Cards. You can download it. Um, and you can create cards in this app. Uh, and I've created these cards for every one of my kids and my wife and the church and other things that are going on. Um, and I've been delinquent in praying those on the praying for those for the regular. I was really inspired. I'm like, I'm going to pray for these cards. Um, tomorrow, I'm starting 30 days of praying over my cards every day. And I would like to invite you, because I, I believe, for me, that God's going to do some amazing stuff over the next 30 days as I commit to paying for every one of my children with specific things. And I've, my cards are already made. There's a verse for every one of my kids. There's specific things that I want God to do in their lives and in their future. There's specific things about the church that I want to see happen. And I believe that if you guys will join in with me, um, 30 days from now, our church and the culture in our church will be changed. Or you can continue and doing exactly what you're doing right now. And getting exactly what you're getting right now. The discomfort I want us to get into is that this is what God has called us to. God wants to connect with you. He wants to shape your heart. And you won't get there without getting in his word. And you won't get there without talking to him. Period. And I would love, uh, if you're interested in this... For you to spend today, I'm starting tomorrow morning, spend today writing out some cards. Writing out some specific things you want to see God do. The more specific you are, the more likely you'll see God move. Because it's vague. You won't even know if God's even done it. 
But when it's specific, I want to I give, if, for those that are interested, um, we've hired a realtor. Uh, we're looking for property, not property to build, a building to lease or to own right now. And there you know, are a couple, not many, not many. Don't get too excited. We may be here for a while. Um, there's not many options, but there, there, there are one or two. Um, and for the next 30 days, every day, I'm going to pray for God to give us a home. Not that this isn't a home, but a home. If, if you're tired of setting up and tearing down, then pray. If you want to stay here for the rest of our term, just don't pray. But if you don't pray over the next 30 days, you're automatically put on our setup team. And I'll know because God will tell me. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Too far. I know. But if you want something to change in your life, you have to say, God, I want you to intervene in this. And in over here, um, during worship, I'm like, God, and it, it already is his, but we're, we're singing a song, uh, Build My Church, which I also love. And I, I'm just confessing, like, Lord, this is your church. This is yours. And I, I'm tired of trying to manage it and, and to do it and do all these things and, and make it like, is Heath doing a good job? I don't really care if he is doing a good job. I want Heath to do a good job. And yes, I'm talking to myself in third person. Sounds a little strange. But this is his church. And I need some people that are willing to believe that he has something here that he wants to do in this city. Through a church who not only believes in the correct Jesus, but is willing to follow him. And so I, I just challenge you. If you want to see, like, think about serious things. It, it could be relationship. It could be your children. It could be your job. It could be your finances. God wants to bring justice and God wants to heal people. Will he always? No. And is there a purpose when he doesn't? Yes. And is he still a good God? Yes. But I believe that if you're willing, over the next 30 days, I believe your relationship with God the Father will radically change if you just commit to praying specifically for things every day. Because you know what it'll do? It'll force you to think about him, which it's easy to go through a day without thinking about God and what God wants to do today. So I ask for bold in, um, like I'm telling y'all, so y'all y'all can mock me if I don't do what I'm saying. I mean, don't do that. Encourage me, Barnum, be a Barnabas. Um, but I, I'm going to do it every day for 30 days. My prayer cards are already made. Um, I encourage you to let somebody else know and maybe even share the things that you're praying for with someone else. Because there's a benefit of having, I have, I have about four guys that I text almost every day, send Bible verses to, and we interact a little bit. There's something when we say, like, this is what I'm doing, and we let it out. Because we are, by one way or the other, going to be a, a church that prays. And if we're going to be a church that prays, we have to have people in it that pray. Because I believe that God wants to radically transform you so that he can radically transform our city. So here's a couple questions for you. 
What have you stopped praying for? This may be a good place to jump into your list. What have you stopped praying for? The other one, which I've already said, what's on your list? Are you praying for things that God wants to answer? James 3, he said that we, ask, we don't get because we ask wrongly so that we can spend on our own selfish self. If you're asking for things that you know are just for you, then God's probably not going to give them to you. If you look at all these stories, one of them is justice. The other one is because he has a friend that came into town. It wasn't for him. It wasn't like, hey, I'm hungry and I need some bread because I want a you know, midnight snack. It's, he wants to, in that culture, hospitality was a big deal. It was for someone else. Elijah, it was for the people of God to see the power of God. So anchor your list on things that you know God wants to answer. And you know what God wants to answer? He wants to bring your people, your children, your family, your relatives into a relationship with him. He wants to advance his kingdom. You know what else he wants to bring? He wants to bring justice here, now. And he wants people to enter into his kingdom. He has designed us to be his instruments to build his church that song it says we are his church says build your church the church is us if we get a building it doesn't make us any more special if we get a building it will literally just be a building but the church is always going to be here when you leave today the church doesn't close up and become the senior center you leave with the church inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you, actively waiting for you to go, God, I surrender, I'm yours. So I'm going to invite our worship team back up. And I think what I would love to see um, by the end of our song that we're getting ready to sing is... Uh, either in your phone or in your journal or somewhere, write down a few things. And I would ask that you would spend this afternoon making a list and share that list with at least one other person, whether it's your spouse or a friend of yours, um, to say, this is what I'm committing to. Because if, if God moves in one of us, it can encourage more than just one of us. Let's pray. Jesus, you have answered prayers just waiting to happen. Lord, I pray that you would shape us, that you would mold us over the next 30 days. Lord, I pray that uh, these things that maybe fill in our brain right now, uh, things that we'd like to see or want to see happen, Lord, I pray that you would give us a gospel-inspired list. Lord, I do pray in Jesus' name that you would, you would settle a building for this church. That you would give us a permanent home. Lord, I, I pray here at this church that you would bring salvation. Real Salvation, Lord, I pray that you would bring real discipleship to this church. 
Lord, I pray that we would stop settling for barely getting by and settling for a sold out, fully committed Christ followers. And Lord, I pray for our next generation that the world is selling them something that isn't you. But Lord, they they need us. They need the adults to show them what it looks like to love Jesus. So Lord, I pray that you would capture the hearts of us so that you can, so that we can show your love to those. Lord, I pray for our kids in this church that they would see you that they would desire you and that they would say no to the things that the world is telling them that they must do or they must have or they must experience. Lord, you give us our identity. And Lord, I pray where we're wrestling with who we are in you that you would solidify that, that foundation that we sang about a few minutes ago. Lord, I pray that you would set us on the rock Lord, move our church. Lord, as we go into a decade of doing this, Lord, I pray that the next 10 years would be the beginning of what you really intended to do in this city and in this church and to these people. Lord, we surrender to you again and again. Lord, would you stretch us? Would you ruin us? And would you heal us? pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.